There's actually a house I looked at today on Pitt Street. Oh, was there? Really? Yeah. Don't move in there. <laughs> well, it was... I would, on the other side? I only looked at it because I was like, eh, I'll give it a shot. But it was like a 2000, like 28 Right, because there's a whole other side were. to Pitt on the other side of right. um, the Arroyo right there. So I think it's a little classier than where we were living. <laughs> it was a nice house. I just it also might have been a meth lab at one point. Welcome back to Wayward Fans, a supernatural podcast. I'm Shannon. And I'm Leanna. And today we are talking about Good God Y'all. <laughs> and good God Y'all. <laughs> free to be you and me. The second and third episode of the fifth season. And I can't believe we're already on season five. I know, it's just flying by. It seems like when we did the math about how long it would take us to do this podcast... It felt like it was going to take a little longer than this. Actually, a lot longer than this. (laughs) Well, we've been doing it almost a year. God, have we really? In March, I believe. Wow. That's crazy. So, and we're only at five. (laughs) So. I guess that is. So we're on track, I think. Yeah. I think we were saying it was going to be four years to do the The whole whole thing. thing. We're already halfway through it. (laughs) So. We did our math wrong we, somewhere. <laughs> we were just not right at no, all. No, we weren't. So oh. if this stays on track another year, we'll be at season 10. And so the third year, we we'll should be able to finish up whatever they're on. And, yeah. <laughs> and then what are we going to do? Because <laughs> they just got announced for season 13. They did, so. yeah. I mean. Maybe we're far enough behind that we'll be able to keep going on track. Yeah. Without having to wait in between. So we're still waiting on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine doing the podcast live? No. Like, not, I mean, not live, oh. but like doing doing the podcast with... Like after the, the show airs, we right, do the podcast. Right. And not knowing what's ha- going to happen, you know? That would be kind of fun. It would be fun because right now we have the advantage of kind of already knowing what's coming. Right. So. There'd be a lot less of us being like, oh, well, you know, it's the thing that happens. <laughs> It'd be cool because, you know, you know how I was always like, I don't trust Ruby. And blah, blah, blah. Right. And if there was something like that happening... Mm-hmm. while we're watching it we could always revisit and be like that would be pretty oh, cool i was right or oh i was, was so, so wrong, wrong. <laughs> yeah that you would know? be pretty fun so. but right. even though a lot of these episodes sometimes i'm i feel like i'm watching I've never all over again because <laughs> <laughs> so. there's just so many there's a lot <laughs> all right so um good god y'all uh the episode is actually from a, the the a line from the song um war um oh it is <laughs> good what is it war, war. Huh. Good, good god, god. y'all what, what is it good for absolutely nothing <laughs> say it again <laughs> <laughs> we sounded so white just <laughs> we really did but it was um yeah so so let's see directed by phil segria and written by sarah gamble it's a good one so we start with Bobby in the hospital, and he's sitting by the window, and Sam and Dean are standing in the doorway, and Dean tells Sam he wants to give Bobby a back rub. Uh, and Sam says that they need to accept that Bobby might not be walking again. 
uh, Dean has gone and gotten x-rays of his chest and we get to see the sigil that Cass carved into his ribs and it's fucking beautiful. It's um, way bigger than I, I was expecting like, like a, a little, little <laughs> you know, like the girls who get the nice little Chinese symbol like tattooed on their rib. Right. <laughs> Something like no, that. No, his entire rib cage right. is covered with Enochian. It's beautiful. Like mm-hmm. I was so jealous. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, dying, and they're like, oh, we need to do an autopsy. What the hell? I've been watching a lot of Bones lately. A lot of Bones. Okay. They also have a shit ton of seasons. Oh, okay. It's just a procedural, Right. Yeah, no, I've seen Bones. There's not a bunch of it. Yeah, there's no real, like, major story. It's it's like my guilty pleasure kind of thing that I'll just turn on. Um, And it made me think of that when I saw the x-ray, because I was like, oh. Because I've been watching it so much that they're like, can you imagine those bones ending up on Bones' table? And she just would be like, mind blown. <laughs> what is this? This makes no sense. It's not possible. But yeah, so once again, Cass has created a mark that is beautiful and amazing. And thank you, Cass. He's good at that. Uh, Sam gets a phone call and it's Cass. Uh, you hear Sam say where they are and then Cass hangs up. And then we cut immediately to Cass walking very frantically down the hall of the hospital. Dean wants to know why Cass is using a cell phone, and Cass reminds Dean that they are hidden from all angels. Um, Bobby gets sick of hearing all this whispering by his door and tells Cass to get in there and lay his damn hands on. And Cass has to tell Bobby that he can't heal him because he's been cut off from heaven's power. And Bobby essentially tells him to go shove it up his ass. And Dean says, at least he's talking again. (laughs) it's true (laughs) Cass tells them their plan to kill Lucifer is foolish and can't be done and Dean thanks him for the vote of confidence and then Cass has his own plan to find God to which Dean says wow that's foolish and can't be done and then title card I do want to point out that I had a bit of a realization watching this intro um, it's funny how you pay a lot more attention to what people are saying when you're trying to frantically type, like, while everything's <laughs> going on. <laughs> um, but Cass walks up and Dean says, speak of the devil. And I think this is where we go back to my whole thing where I get a little, like, irked with people when people calling devil. Lucifer the devil. And I think it's because it's just a term that gets used so much. Which is really funny because it's used quite a bit in the episode that we were talking about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. But you, I just, it's just a term you use. You hear used so casually that it just seems like a kind of belittling right. of Satan. Right. You can't just call him the devil. I mean, he is Lucifer. Like, <laughs> but I guess that's where it comes from. <laughs> Do you know when Cass first got to the hospital to tell Sam and Dean that they're hidden from him, Misha is actually using his real voice, which is a lot higher than his cast voice? No way. Is he really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed it. Yeah. How did I miss that? I don't know. I have to go watch it again. Darn. He messed up. Misha? No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Cass and Dean are talking about finding God. Cass says he isn't in heaven. He has to be somewhere because he thinks he's somewhere um, on Earth. On Earth. And Dean says, try New Mexico. I hear he's on a tortilla. And Cass says, no, he's not on any flatbread. (laughs) I just love that line so much. He's just so straight-faced. Cass, well, Misha Collins does such a good job at the, like, yes. 
the like confused not understanding but also kind of annoyed like right. you know, why would you say something so stupid dean you know when i saw guardians of the galaxy uh dax is that his name the really big dude the one who's very literal yeah yeah it totally reminded me of Cass. yeah <laughs> i was like oh that's what Cass is like anyway um then Dean goes on to say, listen, Chuckles, even if there is a god, he's either dead, and that's a generous theory. Kaz cuts him off and says, he's out there, Dean. And Dean says, or he's up and kicking and doesn't give a rat's ass about any of us. I mean, look around you, man. The world's in a toilet. We're literally at the end of the days here, and he's just off somewhere drinking booze out of a coconut, all right? And my thing right here, Dean, and I was like, really, Dean? Yeah. Like, we're really questioning if there's a god in this universe. We have angels. We have archangels, we have demons, demons, we have Lucifer. Lucifer. We have started the apocalypse, and we're still going to act like there's, no, there's god. no god. And my, I guess the one thing that I get hung up on the most that everybody seems to very easily gloss over is the fact that Castiel was resurrected. Right. An angel, not only was an angel killed, but then he was resurrected. <laughs> like, I mean, and how can we act like that's not evidence? And the boys of... were put on the plane. Right. Exactly. And nobody knows how. Right. There was no angel we, that We speak that. with an archangel later who gives a reason why he thinks Cass might have been resurrected, but that still doesn't explain how the guys got on a plane. Right. So. Exactly. So I get a little... that dude would not have put him on a plane. <laughs> Hell no. I get a little tired of it. And I just, I get very frustrated with Dean through this whole season because it's always... I always know God, Kaz. I understood it in the beginning. You know, he doesn't believe in it. That's totally fine. People are allowed to not believe in it. Right. But the more and more he's going through this world, I'm like, (laughs) okay, Dean. Like, I don't believe in God, but if I was in your shoes at this point in my life, I'd probably be like, all right. All right. I'm going to go ahead and say he probably exists. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to. I don't think I'm really making much of a stretch in faith at that point. (laughs) I mean. There comes a point. <laughs> he's yes. just really holding on his guns here. Yes. I think it's just because he's mad. Because he wants... Well, because Dean's always mad. Right. He wants God's help at this point. And, he, and he's not getting it. He's Exactly. Okay, so Cass is really set on finding God. He believes he's the only one who can can help right now. Dean still thinks Cass is reaching. Um, Cass explains that he's killed his own brothers, rebelled, and done all of this for Dean. And... They failed. I have the line. Do you want me to? Go ahead. Yes. This is my favorite line in the episode. Um, He says, I killed two angels this week. My brothers. I'm hunted. I rebelled. And I did it. All of it for you. And you failed. You and your brother destroyed the world. And I lost everything for nothing. So keep your opinions to yourself. Yeah. And I was shut down. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, Dean. (laughs) So Cast says that he's come for an amulet. It's a very rare amulet, and it burns hot in the presence of God. And the guys are like, okay, and? like, And Bob- Bobby's, Bobby's like, like, I don't, I don't have anything like that. <laughs> and he looks at Dean, and he says, you have it. It's the one you're wearing. And Dean, at first, he goes, no. no. Like, <laughs> immediately, without hesitation, no. <laughs> like, you're not taking it. Um, Cast just says, give it to me. Yeah, which, and of course, Dean's like, oh. Dean's like, all right. And he says he feels naked now. I like how it's Dean. It's the Samulet. It's the Samulet, as it comes to be called. Because it's the one that Sam gave him right on, at Christmas time a while ago. But I just love how Dean does hand it over to him very 
reluctantly, and then he gives it to him before he hands it. He says, just don't lose it. Right. And I'm like, Dean, you're talking to Castiel, <laughs> probably the only being on the planet who has never lost anything. <laughs> so I just, yeah. <laughs> Dean bugs. I'm sorry, but he does. He doesn't bug. He bugs. That amulet is very important to him. It is. I understand. I think he would say that to God if he was handing it to God. And that's why he bugs. <laughs> he doesn't bug. He bugs. He bugs me. Oh, okay. Is that okay, Shannon? <laughs> yes. He doesn't bug. He bugs you. That's fine. Okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> um, so then it cuts to Rufus. Um, well, Bobby gets the phone call, right? Right. Rufus but, calls Bobby at the hospital? Right. But we oh, see did we it cut from, to Rufus first? I think we see it from Rufus's side, don't we? I, I thought that he just called Bobby, but it could go either way. Okay. Okay. Well, what I have is that Rufus is shooting someone or something, and he's pulling that other dude out of the road while he's doing a tourniquet around the moon, and then he calls Bobby. Okay. So I don't know. Maybe That's I wrote that wrong. Because right. I thought it was kind of all at the same time. Was like, it? Rufus is calling Bobby. Oh, I see what you're saying. While he's helping right. that guy, and then right. he starts shooting the demons, and Bobby's And then like, Bobby's Rufus? on the other end, like, Rufus, where are you? Yeah. And so Rufus, however it happens, <laughs> Rufus calls Bobby and um, basically gets over to him that he's in a town called River Pass, Colorado, and there's too many demons, and they get disconnected, and Bobby just hears gunshots. I was very excited to see Rufus. Me too. I like Rufus. I love Rufus. I was not too excited about all the demons, especially around Rufus. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the boys head that way. As they approach the town, the bridge is out. They get out of the car and there's no phone signal or any other way into the town. So they have to hike in. And they're getting in and it's like a total ghost town. And I really, 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 really like this shot. I love this whole scene. Of the music playing as they enter and as they're kind of looking around everywhere and they look in the car. And I really like how they approach the car at the end of the road and it's playing the music. Yeah. And then they turn it off. The song that it's playing is The Spirit in the Sky. Right. Which is a great song. And it was just a wonderful song. It was such a perfect use of that song. Like, Mm -hmm. it was just so creepy. And I also really liked how they're looking around and they, like, focus in on the sprinkler that's still going, which, like, gives the impression that everything happened, like, very, very recently. And it all happened, like, very quickly. Right. Um, And then, yeah, it was just that entire scene where they show up in the town is amazing. Love it. I really love how it ends with the car, and I, I yeah. thought it was kind of funny. Every time I see this episode, when Sam reaches in and turns off the keys, but leaves them in the ignition, and it doesn't do the ding, 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 ding <laughs> that most cars would do. Well, it looked like a bit of an older car. Yeah. Um. So, Dean admires a beautiful Mustang. Yeah. I never looked it up. It looked like maybe like a 68 or a 69. Sure. But, oh my god, I love... Love, love, love old Mustangs. <laughs> and it is a beautiful cherry red. Um, but anyways, so they, um, they're walking through and Ellen shows up. I was also very excited to see Ellen. And she throws holy water in Dean's face. Um, Dean says, we're us. Yeah. Which is funny because she never, I mean, obviously Dean is fine, so she probably doesn't have to test Sam, but, but she, she never doesn't. doesn't. Right. I, I kind of like, I was like, come on, Ellen, you're. You should 
no better than that. Like, at least check both of them. Right. You're a hunter, goddammit. Right. So she takes him to the hideout that they have, and we can see devil traps on the floor. And she knocks on the door. And actually, the, she knocks SOS in Morse code. Well, doesn't she smack him in the hallway first? Well, first she smacks Dean because she asks him, you know, why he couldn't They get call. inside and she turns around and just smacks him right across the face. And so I'm watching this <clears throat> with Prudence sleeping on my legs. Um, <laughs> and I'm just typing and then Ellen smacks him and it scared the shit out of Prudence. It was so <laughs> funny. And I mean, it was funny, but like I had cat claws like right in my shin because of it. Oh, yeah. And then she just ran into the room and like didn't come out. <laughs> but, nice. Yeah, she slaps him and because she's, well, first she tells him, she stops him and she says that she's really happy to see him. Um, and then she slaps him across the face for not calling and giving her the peace of mind. Yes. Um, and she tells him that the whole town is pretty much demons except for the small group she sa- she has. Um, she said she also came um, to the call of Rufus who is investigating omens. Uh, her and Joe are nearby so they came to help. And we find out that her and Joe have actually been hunting for a while now. Joe got separated um, from them, and she was out looking for Joe when the guy showed up. Um, but when she does knock on the door, it's it is SOS, coming. yeah. So they're inside, and Sam wants to get the people out and make a run for it. But Ellen says they've tried. There actually used to be more of them. They just can't like make a it lot through. More of yeah. them, yeah. So Sam wants to go load up on more weapons um, at the sporting goods store that they saw and also maybe get some more salt and stuff. Right. So Sam and Dean, are uh, they leave the room to go do that, but Dean tells Sam that uh, he'll go by himself. And Sam will stay and teach Shotgun 101. Right. And Sam's like, no, Ellen can do that. You know, why don't... Um, but s- then Sam realizes he... That Dean doesn't want him to go out there because he doesn't want him to be around demons to potentially sink back into his demon blood habit. Well, I don't think that's completely unreasonable at all. And I think Sam's making it a lot more difficult than it should be. Right. Um, I think he needs to give Dean a little bit more leeway. Yeah, give him a little bit of credit because you were literally an addict. Right. <laughs> like, like a couple days ago. <laughs> you stuck your face in this, a demon's neck in front of your brother and right. an angel to drink their blood. You obviously had a problem that you couldn't control. A pretty control. severe problem. Right. I mean, and if you're doing it in front of Dean, you can't control your habit. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's that's a very serious line that you crossed quite gleefully, Sam. So, And I know he thinks he's okay now because whatever right. put him on the plane cleaned him. Supernatural methadone. Right. But I don't think you're still going to have that addictive personality. Well, that and I mean, yeah, maybe you don't have the physical need for it, but that doesn't mean you're mentally going to be able to just walk away from it. It was literally, like you said, just a couple days ago. Exactly. (laughs) So So, I don't think it's unreasonable for Dean to want you to maybe sit this one out and stay away from killing demons for a while. Exactly. Dean or Sam doesn't listen and he they go together anyway. So. Sam goes into the quick march for salt while Dean goes for weapons, which Dean, again, didn't want to split up. And Sam's like, can we do this as professionals? Right. Well, and Dean to be like, I don't know, Sam, can we? (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, I'm trying to be a professional, that's why. (laughs) But anyway, so Sam goes in and to the store, and as he's getting salt, we see two demons enter. 
and they come around. Well, Sam kind of crouches down and walks around the aisles and is able to, or he's trying to get a drop on one of them, but the salt drops or something. And the demon notices them and they fight. And Sam is actually able to kill both of the demons in there. Because he has the demon knife. Right. Um, so, but then he looks at the demon knife dripping with blood and he like runs his thumb up along it. And has like a drop of demon blood just on his thumb and he's just staring at it. All longingly. Just, right. And I'm like, this is why we didn't want you to see, go out. Sam, see? <laughs> so there were things that I noticed this watch through that I did not notice last time. Uh, only because I know the whole play out of the episode. But it seems like Sam, who wants to do this like professionals, should have had a couple of questions about what was going on in the quick mart. Mm-hmm. Because the demons are in there and they're picking up bottled water. Right. And when he stabs both of them with the demon blade, we don't see any demon die. Fire. Right. Yeah. So, and oh. he even tries to exercise one of them. Because while he's fighting them, he's trying to recite an exorcism. Right. But it had him around its throat and he couldn't. Right. So. But it's just, it was a little weird. Right. And that's what I, and again, I know how it plays out too. Because at first I thought he was doing it with a regular knife. And that's why he went to look at his knife. Like, what the hell just happened? I was like, oh right. no, he's looking at it because he's. It's the demon blade. And because he wants some blood. Right. But I was like, we didn't get that like normal orange flyer, fire, fire or, like, from flare inside that them. Right. Comes exactly. Out when we see well, and I guess knife. my big one when I was watching it this time, I was like, but why would demons want to pick up water? Right. Why are they, why picking, are they picking up, up water? Like, <laughs> They don't care if they have a prisoner who's comfortable or not. And they certainly don't need water. You know, right? <laughs> these conveniences. <sighs> yeah. Thing- my note for that part, though, was, oh, my God, Sam, don't look at it like that. <laughs> <laughs> so as he's oogling the blood. Oggling. Oggling. I guess oogling works too. <laughs> Dean shows up and you can tell nothing is said, but you can tell just the look on Dean's face. He's worried about the demon blood problem. As I think everybody <laughs> would be at that point, considering right. you see what's going on. Exactly. So Dean asks, um, or they get back into the room and Dean's talking to, uh, one of the younger guys in there and he hands him like an AK or some kind of an assault rifle. And he asks him if he knows how to use a gun or how to handle a gun. If he knows his way around a gun. Right. And then the guy just totally breaks it down like yeah. nothing. And Dean realizes that he's military and asks where he served. And he says, um, he did. And where was it? Fallujah. Fallujah. Yeah. Two tours. And he just got back over a year ago. And then army guy says, takes one to no one, where did you serve? And Dean says, hell. And he goes, no, seriously. And Dean goes, seriously, hell. Which I was like, <laughs> Dean, what the fuck? <laughs> I think you're being a little forward there. <laughs> it was just unexpected. Dean's usually not that forward open about his what they experience. do. Right. right. Well, just his experience in general. Like, you know what I mean? Like when he meets civilians i guess we could call them he's always like yeah the other day i killed like three vampires and did you guys know the demons are real and, <laughs> right you know what I mean? well i think what they do is not so much hidden right now because well i guess that's the true. whole town kind of already knows about demons yes him saying that he served in hell though is kind it's of just a little, right 
Because, I mean, that could come across as wrong. Wait, you right. served in hell? And right. there's a bunch of like, demons here. You're like, like, are you um, part of this problem, hang on. sir? How right. did you serve? Right, exactly. <laughs> That's a very good point. Want? God, Dean. Um, <laughs> so, Dean asks Sam um, what's bothering him. And Sam is upset that he had to kill two teenagers, which, but he wishes he could save people. And Dean reminds him that when he was saving people, he was hopped up on demon blood. And Sam tells him that's not what he was thinking. Um, Sam? But I'm like, but isn't it? What were you thinking? <laughs> like, right. Like, the only way you can <laughs> save people the way you were saving them is if you well, drink Well, and I mean, blood. to be fair, even before all that, they were at least exercising demons. Right. You know, and they weren't just flat out killing them. Um, I mean, it was not like, like you had a choice in this scenario. Right. But, right. Yeah. but it was a meme I saw a while ago talking about like the progression of winchesters and their attitudes toward right. demons and it's like first you just walk up to him and say christo <laughs> <laughs> then you trap him in a devil's trap then you trap him in a devil's trap and try to exercise him and it's mm-hmm. like now you have the knife and you're like huh let's stab it and let's see just if it kill glows like, <laughs> <laughs> let's just kill them all so yeah so ellen's getting ready she's gonna leave because she needs to be searching for joe sam says he'll go with her Dean, before they leave, wants to talk to Sam and brings him out into the hall again. He doesn't want Sam to go out there. He's worried that Sam is going to fall off the wagon. Sam shoves him into the wall, clearly very upset that his brother doesn't trust that he's learned his lesson. To which Dean says, I don't know, have you? Right. And that pisses Sam off. But Sam needs to understand that it is going to take a long time before anybody is going to trust him again. Right. And I think it's incredibly naive of him to think that just because they were saved onto that plane and he doesn't (laughs) physically crave it anymore, that they're just going to accept the fact that he's also going to make the right decision going forward. You know, like that's just not how it works. I think he also did it because he felt guilty. Because he knows Dean's right. He literally just had a craving for it right. moments before in the convenience store. Right. We're not blind. We know yeah. that's what it was. Exactly. You know? So I think he knows his brother is, you know, has a point, but he doesn't want to believe it because he knows how and much so he's just latching out. out. Yeah. Yeah. But um, he also is, I think, being naive because it's like... If you and I were, you know, sisters and you were a heroin addict and we had a... You know, we had to send you to rehab and get you clean, and you finally were good. And then you came back and you fell off the wagon, and then you were like, "Okay, no, I'm good. I just, I just needed to do that." <laughs> Nobody would believe you, right? Exactly. <laughs> Ever, we'd be like, "No, we can't right. trust you around right. this stuff." Exactly. It's just, and that's how. And Sam just is not understanding that because he's the addict, and normally, from what I can tell, most of the time they don't understand. No, they don't that side of the the trust it's because they never saw themselves you know because even when they're an addict they think they're being a lot more rational than they actually are and the the things that they'll do to get that next hit can really just completely destroy families yeah so ellen wants to know what's up with sam and dean um she's sam dean lets he just lets sam go um with ellen and while Ellen and Sam are outside walking, she wants to know what's up with them. She thinks that a girl got between them. Which, if she's not a, completely a, wrong. It's pretty much exactly <laughs> what happened. It's like, yeah, Ellen, some girl. <laughs> yep. 
We don't know. You don't know the kind of girl, but you're right. But yeah, it's, it was a girl. <laughs> Sam just says it's the stresses of j- the job. And then off in the distance, they see a chimney. Chimney. A chimney. Chimney going. <laughs> Say it. Chimney. There you go. <laughs> going. I was thinking of uh, what Pinocchio's little friend. Jiminy right? Cricket. <laughs> yeah. Jiminy. <laughs> So they sneak up on this house and they assume it must be the demon base because they can see. And they're wondering what they were burning. Right. Because Sam says, we points out that demons don't get cold. So I'm like, thank you, Sam. I'm glad we're finally asking some questions. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) Right after Sam says he wonders what they're burning, Ellen gets grabbed from behind. And then we see Ellen and Joe start fighting. And Sam is fighting some other demons, and we see Joe's eyes go black. Ellen warns the demon not to hurt Joe, just when Joe is telling um, Ellen to give her mom back. To get out of her, you black-eyed bitch. Right. Um, And then, does Ellen get knocked out? What happens? Ellen, no, Ellen knocks Joe out. That's right. Then Sam tells Ellen to run as he knocks out the other dude. But then Rufus comes up behind Sam and knocks out Sam. Or, well, he gets a drop on him. And as Sam is passing out, he says, now I got you, bastard. And he's got black eyes. So Sam wakes up tied to a chair. Rufus and Joe are there. Rufus slaps Sam around a bit. And Joe throws some holy water on him. I was glad that Rufus was the one that tied Sam up. Because the number of times we see the Winchesters get tied up by, like, amateurs and they just get out so quickly yep so i was like thank god rufus did it because you know joe wanted to i can do it (laughs) joe no (laughs) so nothing happens um as they do the normal demon stuff so rufus grabs a thing of salt and starts just pouring it down uh, Sam's throat, which must have been absolutely oh my awful. Oh god, I can't even imagine what that must feel like. like. Do you think it was real salt? No, probably not. What do you think it was? I don't know. Sugar? Sugar would be a lot easier to handle than salt being poured down right. like that. Yeah. Ugh. But I think even sugar would be kind of gross. Oh, that much sugar would be awful. Yeah. But way more easier to handle <laughs> than just, <laughs> just your throat salt. just... <laughs> right? <laughs> Your old mouth just shrivels. <laughs> just keels over. Dehydration. So, Rufus is starting to pour the salt down a throat while uh, reciting an exorcism. But nothing's happening. Um, and, you know, the whole time Sam is, of course, pleading and telling him to stop. Mm-hmm. But then we cut back to Ellen, and she shows back up at the uh, first hideout we saw. She is not with Sam, obviously. She's not saying anything. She's just kind of implying that the demons took him. Right. Because she's just shaking her head. Dean is about to leave, like, in a huff. He's loading his gun and he's storming out. But then he stops and he turns around and he wants to come up with a plan. That was pretty crazy. Nice, Dean. I was like, whoa. (laughs) I was honestly kind of shocked. Like, yeah. I did not expect that. Right. So then we're back to Rufus and Sam and Joe, and he stops the exorcism. Sam is pleading with him, saying that there's something not right. And at this point, Sam sees the guy from the first hideout, 
um, who talked about his wife coming at him with a brick. Or he had to kill his wife with a brick. I don't remember which way it went, but... We saw him in the first hideout, and Sam is now seeing him look around the hallway door, and he picks his hand up and turns the ring that's on his finger. I think it cuts away, right? It does. Yeah. So so Sam sees that guy turn his ring, and then it cuts back to Ellen and Dean, and Ellen is telling Dean that Joe called her a black-eyed bitch. Um, Well, she's... (laughs) Because this is also funny, because she says, it called me bitch. And Dean, bruise a little easy, don't you think? And, and that's when she, she says, says no, no, a black-eyed bitch. Right. Which I was like, that's kind of a different thing that's there, different. Ellen. <laughs> yeah, you probably could have clarified that beforehand. But she says that Joe called her a black-eyed bitch. Saul and Holy Water are bouncing off of them. And she said that her daughter, Joe, is an idiot, but she's not stupid. And she wears an anti-possession charm. And that she knows that something's just not right. Yes. Normally... Dean would call Bobby or Sam at this point to ask for help. Ellen says that they're all each other has, so they need to figure it out together. Ellen says that Rufus said he was coming to this town because of the water, and that's all she knows. So Dean asks the pastor who's in the room with them if he knows anything about the water, and the, the pastor tells him that it was the river was polluted. And the army guy chimes chimes in at this point and says that it was last Wednesday. And that's when the and the demon activity started the next day. Army guy also says that there was a shooting star really, really big that same night. So to which Dean, Dean's like, well, yeah, that's kind of a big deal, which right. I was kind of surprised nobody mentioned that. Right. Because Dean was like, anything else? And the guy's like, well, there was anything something else? kind of weird, but right. I don't know if it matters. And Dean's like, well, what? Anything random matters at this point. And he tells him about the shooting it's star. It's like and a like, huge shooting star. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that does matter. <laughs> so Dean grabs the Bible and reads the passage from uh, Revelations out loud. Um well, right before this, as Dean is flipping through the Bible after he gets his information from the army guy, he goes, so do you think this is from space? So you think all this comes from outer space? <laughs> and I'm like, hold on. He just grabbed a Bible. <laughs> he grabbed a Bible and we're talking about demons. Why, Why would, would he speak this is from <laughs> And then Dean's like, this is an X-Files, pal. And I'm like, Dean says that a lot. Like, he's he constantly having to tell people that they're not in the X-Files. Yes. It's a little weird. He has used that line several times. Yes. And he uses it again later on, too. He does. He continues to use it. It's a good line. It is. But I just, I'm like, at what point are they going to meet the Winchesters and not think aliens? Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the only thing that the human brain can logically go to. <laughs> not, we can only go like, to aliens. <laughs> ghosts and demons? No. No, that is way too out there. E.T. Life came from another to planet visit us? Okay. coming to us. <laughs> that I can buy. I can I can wrap my, my brain around that. <laughs> and there fell a great star from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell upon the river, and the name of the star was Wormwood, and many men died. So, Pref- I want to say, I'm sorry. That I think <laughs> that demons have the greatest names. Like, they have some amazing names. Like, Wormwood is a great name. There's a lot of really good demon names. Um, They're better than the Ninja Turtle angel, angel names. names. <laughs> but what I did, because I'm not talking just about this show. Like, I mean, you know, like, don't get me wrong. Alistair is a great name. And I love it. 
Um, I like Meg a lot too. I've always liked that name though. Um, but so I went, I did is I went and I looked up all the C.S. Lewis demons because he wrote okay. the, the screw tape letters I was right. telling you about. Cause I always thought screw tape was a great name too. Um, and I realized when I was talking about it last time, I had it backwards. Screw tape is the teacher oh, okay. of the demon who's learning and the demon who's learning is Wormwood. Um, but they do talk about other demons in their letters and those names <laughs> are Slubgob. Whoa. Globos. Slum Trumpet, Trip Tweezer, Toad Pie, and Scab Tree. Ew. Those are amazing <laughs> names. Like, Scab I, Tree is awful. Isn't that horrible? <laughs> <laughs> I just love them. I like Slum Trumpet and Trip Tweezer. I think those are my favorite. I would love to see illustrations of those. Based, right? Based solely on their names. On their names. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That'd be really cool. But yeah, I just, demons have the greatest name. They do. I love it. <sighs> okay, so Pastor continues on after Dean reads the passage saying Revelations 8.10. Are you saying this is about the apocalypse? Dean says, you can say, and these specific omens, they're prelude to what? The pastor says, the four horsemen. And Dean says, and which one rides a red horse? Remembering the beautiful cherry red Mustang, Mustang. from outside. Because yes. if there's anything Dean knows or will notice, it's, it's a beautiful a car. car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And Pastor tells him, war. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's no bueno. So this is when Dean theorizes that war is just messing with their heads, that there's actually no demons, and war is just pitting them against each other. The Pastor wants to revisit the fact that this is the <laughs> apocalypse. Because <laughs> Dean just kind of brushed past right. that. <laughs> oh, that poor guy. <laughs> wait, He's like, wait, hang on a second. Let's back up a minute. Do you mean this is the apocalypse? <laughs> I would be a little, like, hang on as well. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'm sorry. We're going to have to back up a bit. Can you say, wait, oh, God, can you imagine? And then all Dean does is he looks at him and goes, sorry, Padre. <laughs> yeah, <I know>. <laughs> Dean. <laughs> so then we're back in uh, the other hideout and where Sam is, and War shows up into Sam's room. I love the guy who plays War. He does a great oh job. Oh, my God. I really... Wish he'd been in more episodes. I love this Me guy. Too. Me too. I really liked the concept of the Four Horsemen and yes. how Supernatural handled them. Oh, absolutely. I thought it was a really great, great... Yeah, it was very, very well done. So Sam doesn't know who he is. He's, you know, he's saying he, his name is Roger, but he is dropping hints, very obvious hints to Sam as to whom he is. Yeah. And Sam puts it together pretty quick that he's war and that there aren't actually any demons. Um... That war is just making them see demons. Yeah. Um, war tells Sam that it wasn't hard to get everyone to start ripping their throats out. And he's like, Sam's like, well, you made them look like demons. So yeah, that's and Sam easy. was like, yeah. or And War was like, yeah, but it really wouldn't have taken much anyway. Right. <laughs> Sam says that he'll kill War, which War, war finds amusing. Adorable because Sam's his poster boy. Exactly. Um, I, that line he says right before that about, um, the Irish killing the Irish. Yeah. What was that all about? Um, he's referring to the continual ongoing war with the IRA. Titus, um, who played the character, uh, Titus is the actor who played Roger slash war. Oh, okay. He played Jimmy O on the Sons of Anarchy. Oh, okay. He is an Irishman in the RA selling guns on that show. Oh, well, well, well. So, 
So anyway, uh, Ward thinks it's amusing um, because Sam is his poster boy and elaborates that he can see into Sam's head and that it's a one-track mind in there and that all Sam is thinking about is blood, blood, blood. Imagine that. Um, he says that he knows Sam has not been able to stop thinking about it ever since he saw it dripping off of the blade. He's got a lust for power. He wants to be stronger than any everyone. I like that line, too. I put that one down as another of my favorites. He says, lust for power. Same as always. You want to be strong, not just strong. Stronger than everybody. Yep. Good intentions. Quick slide to hell, boy. Yep. I'm like, yes, Sam. I love that line. Yes, Sam. I love that line so much because, it, you know, because that's what Sam's go-to always was. Yep. He's, he's I want to help people. Right. He's. I got good intentions to do yep. this. And I'm drinking innocent people. <laughs> innocent people's blood. But it's for the good. It's, it's for, for the, the good. greater good. Have right. you seen Hot Fuzz? Yes. <laughs> I love that movie so much. It's the greater good. <laughs> <sighs> that town. That is a great town. <laughs> so, um, War gets up and makes his own head. He he turns his ring again. His ho- His own head starts bleeding. He kicks over a chair and he starts screaming. Rufus and Joe run, run in, and War says to them, or starts yelling to them, saying that Sam told him that they're coming. They're coming for us. They're coming for us. We're all going to die. Rufus knocks Sam out as Sam is trying to plea with Rufus. Then we're back to hideout number one, and the army dude is recapping that there are no demons, is and War is just a dude. He He's basically trying to... He doesn't really believe what Dean is saying, and he's saying it back to him. Right. So So what you're saying is that there's no demons and that War's just a guy who drives a Mustang. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Even though Dean just waltzed in there all, hey, demons are real, and I served a tour in hell. (laughs) (laughs) So, Dean, you're seeing a little, you're not very credible. (laughs) So Roger starts banging on the door to be let in. Uh, he burst into the room saying that he saw the other demons and they told him they were going to pick off the survivors one by one. Didn't any of the other people in that room wonder where the hell Roger had gone? That's what I would have been saying. Right. Like, hang on a well, second. When did you even leave this room, when Roger? When did you leave like, and how did you get back yeah. without dying? And yeah. how did the demons tell you anything? Right. And what? Yeah. Hang on. This but is fishy. The, that's what he's good at is spreading panic and fear. Exactly. And Dean does a good job of trying to keep people calm down he's trying to calm everybody down and not rush out to kill more innocent people saying it's not a demon thing um this is when war winks at dean and then turns his ring and suddenly alan and dean now look like demons to the rest of the group that shot was creepy it really was when they flashed to ellen and dean and their eyes are black seeing all of these characters that we love have demonized was yeah. really bizarre. It was like more than I thought it was like gonna Joe be. and Rufus, Sam, just because I mean, we've seen so many demons up to this point, people right. with black eyes, and it's a good look, you know, it's like right. cool, that's a nice touch. But when you see it on these like characters that, that you've like, like grown come attached to, love? to, right? I was like, oh, oh I don't like this, this is not, th- I'm yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I need an adult. I'm very uncomfortable <laughs> right now. I was surprised, though. I think it was, like, because I, I, I was not happy seeing Rufus with black eyes. And right. same with Joe. But when they switched to Dean and Ellen, I was like, oh. It was a really yeah, great shot, too. It was. Because it was just all of a sudden, and they're looking over. And, and just. Yeah. yeah. So panic ensues, obviously. Um, and. 
the army guy is saying, you know, how do they, we know that they haven't been demons this whole time and everything that they're saying is a lie. Um, I don't like how they immediately went to the soldier being the one who's like ready to just go start killing everybody. Right. That's like a, a stereotype that I think it's fed too much on television. Right. I get, I, th- I get tired of it. I really would have liked to see <laughs> one of the normal people, um, one of the, like, regular civilians, you know, because there was, right. like, a guy in there with, like, his pregnant wife. Right. You know, one of them freak out and be exactly. like, oh, my God, they were just lying to us the whole time. Right. And, and even then- have the military dude be like, hey, even if that's it, we need to, like, because he should be more rational. You exactly. know, and he should be like, we need to fix, we need to have a plan. He served two tours. Exactly. Like, Come on, dude. Yeah. He would, I, of anybody in there besides the hunters, he would have been able to keep the most level head. You would think so. But he just goes apeshit. Right. Freaks out, starts shooting at them. Um, and so they, they, Ellen and Dean get out and then all of the rest of the hideout people are starting to like load up and get armed. Um, he's talking to Roger about how Dean and Ellen were probably demons the whole time and the holy water and salt was probably all bullshit. Um. Roger mentions that he saw some knives in the kitchen, so army guy tells him to go grab them. Then we're back to Rufus and Joe, and Rufus is setting up bobby traps. Bobby booby traps. traps. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> setting booby traps. <laughs> why Why would I say bobby traps? I don't know. <laughs> so I, it says booby trap in my note. <laughs> anyway. So he's setting up pipe bombs around the window. There you as, go, pipe bombs. As, as booby traps um, to, in the entrances of the hideout that they're at. And, uh, you know, Joe mentions that that's not going to stop a demon. And he's like, well, if they don't have any limbs, it's going to make them a lot slower. <laughs> Another great Rufus line. Exactly. He's got some good ones. He does. So the first hideout group has now left and they are moving towards the R&J hideout. The R and J. Rufus and Joe hideout, <laughs> which is what I started calling it per my notes. So Rufus and Joe are loading up when one of the bombs go off. So they go searching. Dean gets the drop on Rufus and Ellen on Joe. Dean is trying to explain to Rufus what's going on. Rufus is not listening. Dean continues to explain um, about the horsemen. And all the while, Ellen is doing the same thing with Joe inside the house. I just think it's crazy how many times Dean, like, totally downs Rufus and, like, pins him to the ground or something. I'm like, Rufus, I thought you would have been a little tougher than this. Yeah. Well, Dean is one of the best hunters. Well, that's true. So he, That's true. Dean's pretty I mean, good. he is even stronger than Sam. Most The only time Sam that's has true. ever been able to beat him is when he's on demon Hopped blood. up on demon blood. Yeah. Um, and most people talk, when they talk about it, say that they're the best hunters. The Winchesters right. are the best hunters. Yeah, so, you're right. I mean, he has been doing this since he was like six years old. So That's also a very good point. <laughs> it would be a real letdown if he wasn't one of the best. True. Absolutely true. Um, so Dean continues to explain the horsemen as he and Rufus are fighting. Tells Rufus that he's hallucinating. Uh and reminds him of all the omens that he came to investigate. Right. And finally, Rufus cuts through the hallucination and we see the black fade out to his regular eyes. And Rufus says, did you figure this all out by yourself, genius? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rufus, you're so charming. <laughs> so Dean runs up the stairs to get Sam. Because Ellen and Joe came out at the same time. And Ellen's like, so we all on the same page? <laughs> So Sam, or Dean runs up to go get Sam. 
Sam explains that it's the ring. Right, because the hideout people are all collapsing onto this hideout now. They've finally arrived and they're starting to shoot. Um, Sam knows that War is controlling everybody with the ring. Because at first, Dean's like, I don't know. He's like, it's war, but I don't know how he's doing it. And right. Sam's like, it's his ring. And Dean's like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. He turned it right before we all started to hallucinate. Mm-hmm. Again, a little ham-fisted with the explanation, guys, but thank you. Right. For those of us who had not caught on. <laughs> I was like, really? That's a bit of an explainer. Yeah. But they do that sometimes in this show. They sure do. So um, a shootout ensues. Rufus is going around telling his people to stop firing. Um. What does he say? Doesn't he, like, knock somebody out? Yeah, and, well, because there's a dude in the very top of the house, and he's firing. running it right. And the dude's up there. He After a while, he's the only one who's still shooting. Yeah, and Rufus right. runs up and grabs his gun and smacks him in the head with it. He's like, stop firing usually means stop firing. <laughs> <laughs> so in this shootout, the pastor was shot. Uh, so Ellen runs to help him. Um, she's still got the black eyes and the girl who's there next to him freaks out and she's like, I'm not what you think I am. And she starts doing CPR on the pastor or at least, um, putting pressure on his wound. Right. But then army guy shows up and starts to fight or knocks her over and holds a gun on her and he was going to totally shoot her. He does. He doesn't have any more bullets. He totally fires and it just, I was like, holy shit. And so then he pulls his knife. Right. So then she's trying to keep him, you know, from sticking her with that huge-ass knife. Uh, while we see War getting, you know, basically, practically skipping to his car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when Dean grabs him, Sam pulls out his demon knife. War thinks it's pretty funny because uh, he's like, you guys know you can't kill me, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, we know. And then Sam cuts off his fingers to get the ring. And it makes me kind of wonder if that's really the first finger Sam's ever severed because he did it pretty good. <laughs> he does that. I was quite quickly. impressed. I was like, holy shit. And like three fingers fall on the ground. I was like, damn. So, yeah. So he cuts it off. The ring drops and all the hallucination stops. So the army guy sees Ellen's real eyes and he, he rolls off of her. Then we have... An amazing, beautiful shot of the guys sitting at a picnic table, table with like these beautiful mountains covered in yeah. trees behind them. It's and gorgeous. This beautiful blue sky. Yeah. And I was like, this is so pretty. And they're holding the ring. Right. And <laughs> Dean's like, so, Matt, what does he say? Pit stop on Mount Doom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so Sam says, from the minute I saw that blood, only thought in my head and I tell myself it's for the right reasons. My intentions are good and it feels true, you know, but I think underneath I just missed the feeling. I know how messed up that sounds, which means I know how messed up I am. Thing is, the problem's not the demon blood. Not really. I mean, I know what I did. I can't blame the blood or Ruby or anything. The problem is me. How far I'll go. There's something in me that scares the hell out of me, Dean. In the last couple days, I just caught another glimpse. Sam doesn't think he's fit for hunting, and he wants to part ways with Dean. And Dean actually agrees, and says every time they've been on a job, he worries more about Sam than than actually doing the job right. And then he offers Sam the Impala. Yeah. I was like, what? What? 
I put the only reason Dean did that is because he knew Sam would say no. That's got to be the only reason. It, I was just like, this yeah. isn't real. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was also really surprised because, you know, Sam's like, I'm going to stop hunting. And Dean was like, yeah, I think you should. Right. And even like Sam said, he's like, I was expecting a fight, which I was too. But right. that just shows both of them have gone through some pretty serious changes. Exactly. Um, Sam declines the offer of the Impala, gets up, gets his bag out of the Impala, and hitches a ride with some random guy in a truck nearby. And then it's done. Yeah. And you're like, holy shit, what is going on? Yeah, shit just got a little weird. Because I understand, you know, Dean not wanting Sam to hunt right now, not forever, but right now, you know, till he can have some more time with recouping his addiction. But it was just so bizarre to see him just accept it so quickly. And I guess for Dean, it was probably to him the only thing that he thought would work right now to keep Dean or to keep Sam away from blood. Right. Because obviously if he's with him on a hunt, he's going to want to be with him constantly doing stuff. Right. So. Yeah, it was, it was just, it was very, and I, I was happy to see Sam actually come to the realization that he was the problem it wasn't the demon blood it wasn't ruby it was sam um and it's and i feel i do feel bad for sam because that's an awful thing to have to accept right but you know and and it is part of it right exactly and and i can understand when he says there's something inside him that scares the hell out of him because it's just crazy though i can only try to understand i should say right and but it's crazy because he's coming to this realization finally that it's him but now he's going to go be alone with this, you know? And well, that's really shitty. Yeah. But I also think that as far as Winchesters go, I don't think he has much of another choice. Right. No. You know, he can't go with Dean. Right. Because Dean's going to continue right. hunting and try to stop the apocalypse. Right. Exactly. <laughs> completely forming. Um, so, yeah. No, I know. I'm just saying that's not like a really shitty position to be in. Like, yeah. not only did you just come to the realization that you do have a problem, now but you now have to you go have, like, alone. nowhere to go. Yeah. Or nobody to, like, be with. Yeah. It's pretty um, So, the banner um, in the main street when they're walking down in the very beginning of this episode uh, that's advertising Pioneer Days, uh, it's featuring, it features production designer Jerry Wainick as the Grand Marshal alongside Rodeo Queen Lily. Lashuk, which is a shout out to the graphic artist. Nice. Leanne Lashuk. Um, so this is spoilers for the TV show Lost. So sorry. Oh no. <laughs> um, Don't waste your time watching it. <laughs> the actor uh, Titus Welliver, who plays War, also played the man in black who was transformed into the apparently evil smoke monster on the show Lost. Huh. After being killed by his brother Jacob, who was played by Mark Pellegrino, who's oh, Lucifer. Yeah. Wellover also had a reoccurring role in the series Deadwood as big man Silas Adams, which also starred Jim Beaver. Oh, nice. So they've all kind of worked together before. That's pretty cool. I really like the dude that played War. I liked him a lot. He's a great actor. Yeah. Um, so for my song, I put Spirit in the Sky. Me too. Even though Foreigner was in it. I know. And as soon as I heard Foreigner, I was like, yeah, it's going to be Foreigner. But then I had totally forgotten about the scene when they first show up in River Pass. I was like, oh, nope, Spirit in the Sky. (laughs) 
It's just such a really cool shot, it the is. way it's done. Yeah, it is. Um, That's also my favorite scene, is when they first show up in the town. Right. That's my favorite scene as well. I also really liked the end scene. Uh, I thought it was beautifully shot. The but, picnic table? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then obviously, it's a pretty big moment, so it's well, kind yeah. of, It's always nice when we get those like really big plot-moving scenes. But my favorite is the... The ghost town walk. And then yeah. my line was the cast line about flatbread. Because <laughs> it's just so funny. Uh, body count in this one is two. Since war is technically not killed. Right. And it's just those teenagers that Sam kills. Yeah. Because as far as we know, yeah. the pastor didn't die. We don't see anybody else die. Right. What was your favorite line? The, the cast one. Line. Yeah. Telling Dean to shut up. Telling Dean to go fuck himself. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's about time somebody did. And, and I know I bitch about Dean a lot. I love Dean. I absolutely do. But he's a very frustrating person. And um, he's kind of, I don't know if self-righteous is the right word, but he doesn't seem to believe he can do any wrong. And he's always very accusatory of other people. And it gets tiresome. Okay. <laughs> Shannon disagrees. <laughs> I mean, he has his moments, I believe, where he is being an asshole, but yeah. I don't think he's always that way. No, I don't think he's always that way. And he's certainly not the only one who does it on the no, show. No, not so. at all. <laughs> I guess, I don't know why, I don't know why Dean always gets under my skin more quickly than others, but... There's something about his personality that, that it rubs just bugs me. Way. Yeah. That's, that's totally fine. Which is weird, because I do, I absolutely love Dean, I think he's great. Um... Do you have anything else? Nope, that's what I have on this one. All right, so we'll take a break real quick and um, be back for Free to to Be You and Me. When I die and the name to rest, gonna go to the place that's the best. When I lay me down to die, going up to the spirit in the sky. Going up to the spirit in the sky. Welcome back. So now we're moving right along to Free to Be You and Me. Um, sorry, this episode is really long. <laughs> yeah, we didn't realize this was going to be this long an episode. <laughs> um, so the title of this episode refers to a 1970s children's record and TV show called Free to Be... Dot, 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 you and Me. This clip from the show is particularly relevant... Relevant. Relevant. My God. <laughs> As the kids in the clip talk about how they feel about their siblings. Another reference, when the CW was formed in 2006, its initial promotional campaign featured the tag, free to be, dot, dot, dot. So, a little background on the title there. Right on. Director of this is J. Miller Tobin, and the writer is Jeremy Carver. I love Jeremy Carver. He does some good stuff. He does. So we open with Sam in a hotel room. He's trying to sleep, but he can't. Uh, he rolls over, and 
Jessica, his girlfriend, his dead girlfriend, is lying in bed next to him. Um, obviously, he's pretty shocked, but he tells her that he misses her so much. And she says to him that she wants to know why he's running away. Um, and says that we've been down that road before. And Sam says that it's different this time. Last time he wanted to be normal, and now he knows that he's a freak. She says he always knew there was something dark inside him, and because of that, she was dead from the moment that they met. Um, Sam wants to know why she's here, and she says she's there to protect him from himself and to tell him that the past will catch up with him, and when it does, the people closest to him will die. And he says he won't make that mistake again. And she says, same song, different verse. Things are never going to change, ever. And he looks down, and when he looks back up, she's gone. It's yeah. a hor horrible thing for your dead girlfriend to come tell you. Yeah. So, yeah. So we get the title card, and then it's one week earlier. Sam is getting dropped off at the Great Plains Motel. Dean is walking into a Taft Memorial Hospital, putting like a big ass knife in his, his belt. belt. <laughs> uh, then we see Sam burning all of his fake IDs. We see Dean talking to a doctor about the exsanguinated patients. Exsanguinated. And at, when he's talking to the doctor, he is using the alias Detective Bill Buckner, um, who was the first baseman for the 1986 Boston Red Sox. He gained infamy, apparently, after making a crucial fielding error. All right. Know nothing about that, but there you go. Don't follow baseball. Then we see Sam walking up to uh, Hoyt's bar uh, with a help wanted sign. And we see Dean killing a vampire. He says, eat it, Twilight. Um, then we see... Uh, Sam is chopping Sam lemons. Sam is chopping lemons while Dean is chopping the vampire. And they both are making the same kind of, like, cutting motions. And then they both wipe their foreheads. Sam's wiping away sweat. And right. Dean's wiping away blood. Right. And we see the waitress checking Sam out as he's cleaning the countertops. Because, I mean... I mean, it's Sam. Who wouldn't? Right. And we see Dean cleaning the Impala in the, in same, the same fashion. Way. And um, this entire montage is being performed to Simple Man by yes. Leonard Skinner, which is one of my, like... It's a great favorite song. songs it's ever. A really good song. I was so excited when I heard it because, and then they, of course, as they do with every song, they just found like the best. Use I was for hoping it. Dean would start singing. Well, yeah, we all were. <laughs> um, but Dean, I think Dean kind of misses Sam in the shot when he's in the Impala and Simple Man is playing. Yeah, the chorus. And he just looks over and sees the empty, you know, yeah. seat next to him. And he just yeah. looks back. And he's very, he's, he's clearly not happy. Right. So then we see Dean in the hotel and he's cleaning his jacket. And <laughs> this is like my favorite cast suddenly, moment in the whole series. <laughs> suddenly Cash shows up behind him. It scares the shit out of scares him. Scares <laughs> the shit out of Dean. Because Dean's bent over doing, I don't even know what he's doing at he's this point. He's cleaning week. his jacket. He's cleaning his jacket, and yeah. he's bent over cleaning his jacket, and he stands up and Cass is in the reflection right behind him. And He jumps. Dean, don't do that. <laughs> and then Cass just says, hello, hello Dean. Dean. <laughs> Dean turns around. <laughs> and Cass has no sense of personal space at all. Dean says. Like, at all. I mean, he is like 
like a couple inches from Dean's face. Like, yeah, like they are very close sneezed, to each other. They would hit heads. <laughs> and Dean, Cass, we've talked about this personal space. <laughs> and Cass, my apologies. <laughs> he steps back. He seems to only have this problem with Dean, though. <laughs> I just, that whole scene is like my favorite. Did you see that Cass meme? Scene. Of yes. The- of how. How Cass stands next, next to, to people. other people yeah. versus how Cass stands next to Dean. Yeah, um, it's really funny. I just I don't know why it's just so funny. That moment and so cute. It's amazing. It is. It's my favorite socially awkward cast because <laughs> it's the most realistic. It is. They go a little overboard with it after a while, but um. So Dean wants to know how Cass found him, and he told him Bobby let him know. So Dean tells Cass that he and Sam are taking separate vacations because Cass was wondering where Sam was. I like how Cass is like actually searching the room. Right. He's like looking around and looking in corners and like scowling around <laughs> and finally, where's Sam? <laughs> like, Cass, he's clearly not there. He's like 6'6". Six, six. Come right. on. He's very six, four, large, but, you know, but right. like you would have seen him. <laughs> um, Cass tells Dean he has not found God yet, but he's tracking down something else. And he's there because he needs Dean help. He needs Dean's help. And Dean wants tracking, his necklace back. Tracking down the, the archangel that killed him. Raphael. You were wasted by a teenage mutant ninja angel? Cass thinks that they can trap him and interrogate him to find God. Dean says, so what? I'm Thelma and you're Louise and we'll just go sail off this cliff together? Cass does not compute. <laughs> Of course not. I mean, God, Dean. Dean. I just love Dean's face as he's just looking at Cass and well, realizing that. Pretty, he's obviously pretty proud of his, you know, little joke that he just made. Right. And Cass just analogy. gives him the blank kind of, Dean, why do you say this shit to me, Dean? You know, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I just love that. And uh, Dean wants a good reason why he should help him why he or why they should trap this angel. And Cass tells him that since he's Michael's vessel, no angel will bring him harm. And Dean's like, great, so I'm just your bullet shield. And then and Cass, Cass says, I need my favorite line. Your, this is my favorite line, too. Cass <laughs> says, I need your help because you're the only one who will help me. Please. And finally, Dean. And I guess, yeah, this is even in my notes. I was like, it's at this point in the series when I start getting very frustrated with Dean. I'm very angry with both Winchesters, which is really weird to watch this show when you're like really pissed off at like the two main characters. (laughs) But Dean frustrates me the most because he's the one that really worked so hard to convince Castiel to rebel against heaven and to take his own destiny into his hands. And then now that Cass has done that, anytime he shows up, Dean is just like mocking him and fighting with him and like being very stubborn on whether or not he's going to offer any help to Cass. And I'm just like, it's a really dick thing to do, you know, and it makes me angry. Well, he's only seen him twice since then. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and the first one was for his amulet. And this is the second time. So I think it's not as bad as you're making it out to be. Because you're you know, in love with Cass. It's not just that, though. Even if it's only the second time. I mean, this is a person who is trying very hard to find a purpose to save the world that Dean and his brother totally fucked. You know, and for him to come to Dean and be like, I need your help and I want to find God. And for Dean to be like, you're stupid. It's kind of like, fuck you, Dean. Like, you're in no place to, like, judge anybody. Like, <laughs> and I, even if it's only the second time you've seen him, it shouldn't be happening at all. 
I agree. I think Dean should be a little bit more on board with Cass, but he just needs some convincing, obviously, because for whatever reason, he still doesn't believe that God exists, which was the whole amulet thing, which was weird. You know, I think is weird because it's right. like, like, how <laughs> do you not think that there's a God? Right. Anyway, um, and then in this, he obviously needed some convincing because he doesn't want to go up against an archangel yet for whatever reason. Um, as a bullet shield, I guess. I guess he's worried that they're not going to get anything accomplished. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. I guess my only thing is at least Cass has a plan. You know, oh, yeah. so far you guys are like, well, how about Lucifer? And you have done Jack and shit to do that. Right. Besides they've, fight with each other. They've just split up. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> they're not really doing a whole lot. No. But yeah, I think the only, I, I think, I think really ultimately with, Dean right now in this specific moment is he's still upset about what's happening with him and Sam and he's probably really upset that they don't have a plan in place you know what I mean mm-hmm. and they're kind of just floundering around right. and so Cash shows up and he has this plan his plan is to find God to try to help them which to Dean and even to Sam a little bit when he was there in the room with Bobby just doesn't sound like it's going to do anything but it's like, it's your only plan right now. So right. until I, you have something else, let's try it. I guess that's it. just kind of my whole thing is Dean's always telling everybody to have faith in him. But he has, like, no faith in anyone. And it just, it makes me angry. You know, like, how many times did he have to tell Cass to just trust him? Just trust me, Cass. Just trust me. And now Dean has, like, absolutely zero faith in Cass and Cass's decisions. And I think it's an asshole thing to do. Okay. I think you're also still really in love with Cass. I am so you're not be way denying more that. No, I, you're right. Else. I am completely in love with Cass, and I am more, a little more overprotective of him. But I just think that we do need to acknowledge the fact that Dean's being a total dick. He he could uh, even if it's for different reasons. Faster. I mean, even if he has good reasons, you still don't treat people that way. I mean, that's a huge decision he forced on Cass, mm-hmm. and that's a huge change in Cass's life. And you don't just brush that aside because. You're mad at your brother. Right. You know. Well, I think there's more going on in the world (laughs) than he's just mad at his brother. You know, he and his brother made the apocalypse happen. That's a lot to deal with. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) It's not that hard to not be an asshole. I guess is my whole thing. (laughs) All right. Um, So Dean understands and he agrees to help. Cass is about to zap Dean, and <laughs> Dean stops him, saying, Whoa, whoa, last time you zapped me someplace, I didn't poop for a week. We're driving. So we're back at Hoyt's bar, and the waitress wants to know if Keith, quote-unquote, plays darts. It's Sam's, you know, the name that Sam gave. And Sam asks what they'll be playing for, and she says, World Peace. <laughs> To which I said, oh, if she knew the irony of that statement. Right. I love the way Sam just looks at her. Right. Oh, really? That's what you say? So she also, and then she wants to know if he was the one who was doing the New York Times Saturday crossword puzzle, which is in the kitchen. Sam admits that it was his puzzle that plays dumb to the level 
of the crossword puzzle, since the New York Times is notorious for having, you know, a very difficult puzzle on Saturdays. Yeah, I don't know if that's proof that he's highly educated. <laughs> I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't say it's I mean, proof, but... My grandma's really good at crossword puzzles and she didn't even go to college, so... <laughs> <laughs> Just want to put that out there. She wants to know what his deal is since he blew in a town last week. He doesn't know anyone, and he's obviously highly educated. Well, he did the he did Saturday pro- crossword puzzle. Obviously. <laughs> she tells him, you're like this, and he says, riddle wrapped inside an enigma wrapped inside of a taco. And she laughs. Which, it's a famous um, Winston Churchill he said yes. that Russia was a riddle wrapped in a mystery wrapped inside of an enigma. Anyways. And so she, in The Simpsons, sorry, there's also a reference to that line. It's one of my favorite Simpsons lines because there's an episode where Lisa kind of starts dating Nelson, mm-hmm. the bully, which is really funny. Um, but she says that he's a riddle wrapped in an enigma wrapped in a vest. <laughs> <laughs> so she says um, that they'll play. And when she wins... He'll take her out for dinner and tell her his life story. And he does that Sam like, okay. okay. <laughs> and I was like, this bitch is forward. But yeah. Okay. But Sam then lands three bullseyes in a row. And she calls him Mysterioso. And she likes it. But Sam's attention has already been pulled away by the news reports of freak hail and lightning strikes. Now fire consuming the town of Holly. The bartender turns off the TV, commenting about how it seems like the end of the world. Cass and Dean then show up to a police station. Dean wants to know why they're there. Cass says that a deputy there saw the archangel. And Dean says... The, he laid his eyes on the archangel. Right. And he, Dean says, and he still has eyes. Cass says that they'll talk to the deputy, tell him the truth, <laughs> that he saw an archangel, and that the deputy will tell him where the angel went. <laughs> To which Dean explains to Cass that's not how humans work. <laughs> and when they want something really, really bad, they lie. Because that's how you become president. I just love how <laughs> Dean's like, what's your plan? And Cass is like, plan? Because <laughs> he's like, why would I need a plan? We're going to tell him what he saw. And he'll tear And the whole while <laughs> Dean is telling him this, he's like fixing his collar yes. and adjusting his <laughs> like tie. Fixing his tie and he's like. And then he puts a, a badge in his coat. Um, so they go in and they talk to a deputy Framingham. Uh, Dean is Alonzo Mosley and he introduces Cass as his partner, Eddie Moscone. Alonzo Mosley is the name of an FBI agent in the movie Midnight Run. And, uh, Eddie Eddie Moscone is a bail bondsman in the same movie. Okay. So then (laughs) when he... Dean flashes his badge. Right. And then he says, my partner in the FBI. Also FBI. <laughs> and Cass finally pulls his badge out. And he's like, oh, let me pull out And I just love Cass's face because he's just staring directly at the deputy, like, with, like, the stern. Like, the Cass face. <laughs> and he's just holding the badge, but it's upside, upside down. down. <laughs> and then Dean just reaches over and turns it right side up. And he's like, he's, he's nail. And then Cass looks at the badge, like, kind of confused. And then, like, puts it in his pocket. 
I just think, Dean, you didn't think you were going to have to maybe go do a run through with Cass on introducing himself as an FBI agent. Maybe he thought, hey, you've been walking the planet for 2,000 years watching us. Maybe he saw something. I think we've established <laughs> that's not the case. <laughs> so the deputy is ready to talk, tells them to talk in his right ear because the other was blown to hell at the gas station incident. Um. They're like, gas station incident? And he's like, yeah, that's why you're here to talk, right? And Dean's like, yeah, yeah. Why don't you run us through what happened? So Deputy tells him there was a disturbance uh, at the pump and go on Route 4. There was a full-scale riot, 30 to 40 people, full-on fight to the death combat. And Dean asks if he had any idea what set them off. And Angel <laughs> says... Cass to, says. To, or, sorry, Angel. <laughs> Cass says to Dean... It's angels and demons, probably. And then and he then looks just... at the deputy. He says, they're skirmishing all over the globe. <laughs> oh, my God. I just about fell out of my chair when I was watching this part. The deputy's like, what? What did he just say? And I love how Dean's like, nothing. And casts At the exact demons. same time, demons. And then the deputy's like, what? And nothing. Demons. demons. <laughs> to play it off. You know, demons, alcohol, gambling. Right. We all have our demons. So it's angels and demons, probably. The, the deputy says after that there was the explosion. He he was told it was one of those underground gas tanks, but he doesn't believe that. He wants to know why, and the deputy tells him it wasn't your usual fireball and casts pure white. And the deputy looks at him kind of weird, but agrees and says... That the gas station was leveled. He saw one guy kneeling there, very focused, with not a scratch on him. It was Donnie Dinnerman, the mechanic. And Dean says, let me guess, he uh, just vanished into thin air? <laughs> Deputy says, um, no, no. Tech. He was down at St. P- He's down at St. Pete's. So I love that that's how we wrap it up with Cass being the weirdo and Dean with the he just vanished into thin air. Right. <laughs> that poor deputy. I oh, know. These are the weirdest FBI agents I've right? ever met. <laughs> and then, oh my God, Cash just leans over and looks in, right into Dean's eyes and says, St. Pete's. <laughs> With some real conviction. And I love Dean just, thank I you. I got that. <laughs> Thanks, Cass. I'm just dying over here. <laughs> it is just so funny. That whole part is so great. So they go to St. Pete's to see Donnie, but he is just an empty vessel at this point. The angel is gone, and he does not look good. He's just wrecked. Yeah, that poor he's man. like drooling, no he's, motor function, yeah. nothing. He's just in a wheelchair, like staring out the window. And Dean asks, so is this what I'm going, is this what I'm looking at if Michael jumps in my bones? And Cass says, no, not at all. Michael is much more powerful. It'll be worse for you. Gotta love Cass's honesty, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Sam is researching the book of Revelations. He's Sam cannot help from researching. <laughs> right. He scrolls. Uh, we see him scroll through his phone all the way down to Dean's number, but then goes up to Bobby's instead. Uh, he tells Bobby about the Revelations uh, omens activity nearby uh, Garber, Oklahoma, which is where he's at. He says, And upon his rising there shall be hail and fire mixed with blood. 
We already have the hail and the fire, and I'm sure the blood is soon to follow. Bobby wants to know why he's calling, and Sam says he thought he should know so he could put a man on it. And Bobby's like, hmm. Let me think about the best hunter that's closest by. (laughs) Oh, that's you. I love Bobby. (laughs) And Sam says that he's sitting this one out. He apologizes and then hangs up on Bobby. Then we see Dean in an abandoned house. And Cass appears. So, and I don't know why I thought of this at this point, but I did write it down in my notes. Why don't the boys have their own hunter's journals? I don't know. That just occurred to me. I think it's kind of weird. I've always wondered that because they've never had them. They haven't. Not through the whole series. And like every hunter they've ever come across has a hunter's journal, but those two don't have them. (coughs) They just use John's. You think they would be at least adding into John's, and maybe they are. We just don't see it. I mean, they might be. But John's always looked kind of full. I was just going to say that. I don't know (laughs) that they would have any room. Well, I guess they probably don't need them, though, because they have phones and laptops and shit. Right. They're in a new era of hunting. Yeah, probably. I guess... Sam's laptop is the equivalent to his... His journal, right? yeah. God only knows what Dean uses. <laughs> Sam? Sam. <laughs> so, Cash shows up. Oh, sorry. Here's another of my favorite series of lines. <laughs> and he asks, Dean asks, where have you been? Cass says, Jerusalem. Oh, how was it? Arid. <laughs> <laughs> He is, Cass has brought back a very special, very rare oil. And Dean says, okay, are we going to trap Raphael with a nice vinaigrette? Dean assumes it will be quite difficult and quite dangerous to trap Raphael. Cass agrees. Dean wants to know if there's any chance that they'll survive. Cass says, Dean will, but he will not. I was kind of surprised at that. Dean says, well, last night on Earth, huh? What are your plans? (laughs) Cass says, I, I just thought, thought I'd, I'd sit, sit here, here quietly. quietly. <laughs> I want, I just want to hug him like so much when he says that. Oh, Cass, you're so cute. <laughs> Dean does not like that idea. And he wants to know if Cass would like booze, women, anything. Cass looks very uncomfortable. He won't even look at when me. When Dean says women. <laughs> and he says, you have been with women before, right? Or an angel, at least. And Cass is just, like, scratching his neck and looking away. What does he say? And he says, There's never been... You mean to tell me you've never been up there doing a little cloud seating? <laughs> and Cass is one of my favorite lines. I've never had the occasion, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're Dean... a grown-ass angel. <laughs> Dean's not okay with this. Let me tell you something. There are two things I know for certain. One, Bert and Ernie are gay. Two, you are not going to die a virgin. Not, not on, on my, my watch. watch. Let's go. <laughs> I love the way Cass, like, looks around yeah. before he gets up, like, <laughs> oh, what, what are we doing? What's going on? <laughs> We're back to Sam at Hoyt's bar. He's closing up. Three hunter guys walk in. They bust him, calling him Sam. And Sam is totally ignoring them and keeps walking away, and they keep calling out his name. And the waitress finally comes over and she's like, is it Sam or Keith? And he's like, oh, Sam's my middle name. And uh, uh, she laughs at him. She says, <laughs> your name's Keith Sam. Sam. <laughs> and then the hunter, whose name is Tim, says, it's actually Samuel. So it doesn't sound as stupid <laughs> as you think. <laughs> Keith Sam. <laughs> so they tell her that they're his dad's hunting buddies and that Sam's actually a really good hunter himself. 
So Sam offers them drinks and gets them to a table to get them away from Lindsay, who's the waitress. Um, and he wants to know how they found him. And the hunters tell Sam that Bobby called them and told them what was going on and that he was off limits. But they wanted to talk to him anyway because they're like, this is a pretty it's definitely a demon deal. block party going on. Yeah. Like, we could use all hands on deck. And Sam's like, no. And he tells them it's personal and they don't like that. And Sam's like, look, I just can't tell you. And they're like, all right, fine. But beer's on you when we get back. And Sam's like, yeah, totally. And everything seems honky-dory. And they leave. Then Lindsay walks up and says Sam's parents were drunk when they named him and he shoots Bambi. She wants him to quit with the mysterious shit and talk. She's going to buy him dinner and he's going to tell her. And I'm like, I don't like her. Is this fucking bitch? Yeah. Like, that's just. So... I was like, okay, this has to be like a fucking demon or something. Or something because no right. normal person would talk to another person this way. Right. Like he obviously doesn't want to tell you shit. And he wants to be left alone, and you like are very persistent. You yeah. literally just met this dude like yesterday. Can you right. give just him a minute? Leave him alone. <laughs> like <laughs> my god, if he wants to have a connection with you, by all means. It'll let it happen. Right. But don't This is not helping. It. Yeah. You see, And I mean, like I get person. it, Lindsay. We all want a piece of Sam, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. Just jump his bones. Don't try to get into, into his, his head. head. Right. Like, that's not necessary to get a piece of that. No. Especially Sam, as we've learned, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny. Also, never mind. I'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, so he tells us that he can't. And she says the only way to avoid bloodshed is to say yes. Ugh. I'm like, bitch. You can't say stuff can like that to people. <laughs> just take no for an answer. Obviously, this guy does not want to fucking have a date with you. But apparently he does because he's like, all right, fine. Or he just wants her to leave him alone. Right. <laughs> so Dean takes Cass to a sexy bar. <laughs> Cass is Cass's face is the funniest shit you will ever see. Because he's just looking around. He's sweating. He's like His a eyes deer are wide. in headlights. <laughs> like, he is terrified. He says, this is a den of iniquity. I should not be here. <laughs> Dean says, dude, you full on rebelled against heaven. Iniquity is one of, one of the perks. <laughs> so then a, a waitress, a, a lovely lady in lingerie approaches the, their table. And uh, she asks for Cass's name. And Cass is just staring up at her, <laughs> not, not saying say anything. anything. <laughs> Finally, Dean, Cass! His name's like, Cass! <laughs> What's your name? And she tells him her name is Chastity. The whole time, Cass is just chugging his beer. <laughs> <laughs> Which I found out that that is um, it's actual beer. And they had to do the shot a few times. And Misha didn't realize that he wasn't in every one of the shots. And so he chugged, like, a beer, like, every single oh. time they did that <laughs> shot. <laughs> and he didn't have to, so. That must have been hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So then, um. Her name's Chastity. <laughs> right. So Dean urges him to go with her. And he says, um. Dayanu? Dayanu. Dayanu. Well, first he's like, chastity, isn't that kismet? I was like, did Dean just say kismet? Yes, he did. He's like, well, you like her and she likes you, so Dayanu. And I'm like, what the fuck? Dean knows kismet and he knows Dayanu. Yes. That's just not very Dean. Dayanu is a Hebrew word 
It's the name of a very famous Passover song of giving thanks. And in this context, it roughly means be grateful to God for these gifts. <laughs> so um, Cass gets up with chastity and he's walking away. And, and he then, is not happy. <laughs> and then Dean grabs him and he says, just stick in and giving him, a him cash. cash. <laughs> he says, here's cash, no credit cards. Just stick to the basics, okay? Do not order anything off the menu. <laughs> Go get her, tiger. Then he says, don't make me push you because Cass is just staring at him and he won't move. <laughs> So Cass goes off with chastity, and then we see another woman walk by who Dean fancies. Immediately pursues. And he goes after her. So Dean is schmoozing it up with the other one we saw at the bar, and then we hear Chastity scream. And Dean runs to see what's going on, and she's yelling at Cass. She's throwing shit at him. Telling uh, him to get away from her. (laughs) Right. She storms off, and she also tells (laughs) Dean to go to hell as well. And uh, I love how Dean's just, like, he does that, like, open arm thing, like, shrugging I, as she walks by, like, uh, sorry. I also love the fact that Cass is not even close to, like, being undressed. No. Like, <laughs> He's just kind of disheveled. Just and- a little bit. Like, you can tell they were probably in there for about all of a minute and a half. <laughs> Dean asks Cass, what the hell did you do? <laughs> I don't know. I just looked her in the eyes and told her it wasn't her fault that her father, Gene, ran off. It was because he hated his job at the post office. <laughs> Oh, no, man. What? <laughs> this whole industry runs on absent fathers. It's the natural order. <laughs> then the security, the bouncer guys are coming through the hall, and he's like, we should go. Come on. <laughs> Dean is laughing his ass off as they're running outside the back alley, and he's just, like, hands on knees bending over, and he's just, he can't stop. And, and Cass is like, what's so funny? <laughs> and he's like, I haven't laughed that long in a really long, or that hard in a really long time. And you can see, like, Cass smile. He's, like, like smiling at he's, him. He's really, <laughs> either it's just an, a very infectious laughter, or he's just happy to see Dean, Dean happy. happy. It was, yeah. <laughs> and Dean, he just keeps repeating that it's been so long. It's been years. And then you can see as he keeps saying that, he starts to get like depressed depressed yeah he's really sad that he's realized that he hasn't laughed in forever so then we cut back to sam he's having dinner with Lindsay, and she's pushing for real answers to sam's life um she thinks he's in witness protection because he won't say anything uh she thinks he's in the mafia he tells her that he's not and then she says something that i think is absolutely fucking ridiculous she goes, okay, sorry, I don't mean to pry. Yeah. And okay, I'm like, I get it. Lindsay, I don't mean to pry. Lindsay, My bad. that is exactly what you have been doing these past, like, two days. That was my note. I wrote, what? That is literally <laughs> the whole reason you brought him to dinner. It was to pry. The literal reason. Actual reason. <laughs> like, you stupid bitch. Yeah. Oh. She's I'm like, just, I was like, I'm going to fucking smack you. Yeah. You are the kind of girls that make it hard for girls to like having girls on the show. Right. <laughs> like, I want to see, you know, more Joes, more Jody Mills, more Brianna. More Ellens, yeah. yeah. But Not no. this stupid bitch. This girl, <laughs> yeah. Like, nobody does that in, no. in real life. Well, I mean, people do and nobody likes them. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, that's fair. But I was just like, if you want to get with this guy, just... Be a normal, normal. flirty girl. Right. Don't like tell him. Why do you, you need, need to know, know everything his entire life? Guy. Right? <laughs> Who does that? Ooh, he's so mysterious. I'm gonna break him down. Like, just let him be mysterious. You're not gonna fix him. Well, just that, have sex with him and move on. And the mystery, and the mystery is kind of what 
contributes to the, the attraction. Right. right. So run with it. <sighs> Sam tells her he's not in the mafia, but they used to be in the business with his brother. He says he was actually very good at the job, but he made some mistakes and got a lot of people hurt. She wants to know his poison. And he's like, what? And she says she knows the look. She knows somebody who was hooked on somebody on something. She pulls out her sobriety chip. She's been sober for three years. She tells Sam says, but you work in a bar. Right. <laughs> Uh, and she goes, and so do you. And I'm like, what the hell what? does that mean? That has nothing to do with the right. fact that you were a fucking alcoholic. Right. <laughs> who works in a bar. But... You have no idea what Cass, what Cass, what Sam was hooked on. So she tells Sam that she doesn't know him, but no one has ever done anything so bad that they can't be forgiven and that they can't change. Cass and Dean are at St. Pete's again, and they're going to try to summon Raphael. Cass pours the holy water around the wheelchair. Which is like an amazing circle that he pours that in. Right. I I'm was like, pretty damn impressed. Oh, wow. That must be like an no angelic sprig- thing or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a perfect circle. What's the compass? He, oh, they, yeah. They have like a compass. He just yeah. looks at the dude and... <laughs> yeah. An internal compass. Yes. So he pours the holy water around in a circle around Donnie, who's still in a wheelchair. Um... He tells Dean that while holy oil is burning, no angel could pass through or touch it or they will die. Um, I was like, this would have been good information, like... Last season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Says there's an open phone line uh, between a vessel and... Uh, an angel and their vessel. So he starts speaking Enochian to Donnie, and then at the end tells Raphael that he's there to come and get him. Basically just taunting Raphael. And when I was looking this up, up this not this up specifically, but looking up this episode, it said that at this moment Castiel summons Raphael using the Enochian water cup um, invocation. Okay. And I was like, what? How do we know that? Right. So I went and I researched that and I found this website that has like all of these rituals and like really how you're supposed to, like you're supposed to hold the cup to the water cup to the west of the altar and then like it has all of the language. Shut up. Like and then it has it broken down, you know, like phonetically how it's supposed right. to sound and then the steps of what you're supposed to do. <gasps> Were they doing the real ones on the show? They for this it, the Enochian water cup was the same. Um, he was saying the same. He thing. He was saying the same thing that's on this website. But where they do, but he didn't do the actual ritual, right? Well, he doesn't do. There was no altar or well, water right. cup. So. Do they do, have? Because did we already talk about whether or not the they language. do the actual rituals? Because I know a lot of these are real. Yeah, we talked about. Do they do remember them correctly? You were though? talking about your book of right, the book of Solomon, right? Mm-hmm. That's who it was, King Solomon. Because we were talking about. Um, but I guess my question is, did we ever figure out if they're doing the actual rituals or not? I don't think they are. I think we did talk about that. I thought we just found out that they were using um, the same, like, languages. But they weren't doing the actual ritual, right? But the, it wasn't, like, verbatim or something. Or, or they weren't following the steps, I think, is right. what it was. Because apparently, according to this, whatever an Enochian water cup <laughs> uh, invocation is, is... You have to have an altar. Do you know and... why they do it? Like, what is the Enochian water cup? 
There was literally do. no information. It was just... Just the actual ritual. Yes. Oh, okay. Because I was trying to find it. Yeah. And I could have done more research, I'm sure, to find out what this was instead of Except just... Except that's my job. So. But I just <laughs> kind of got... I went in like a little rabbit hole of this website. Oh, okay. And I was like, I'm probably going to be put on a list or something. Because there was some really weird <laughs> oh, we're shit. We're going to have to start watching this chick. <laughs> Who's the star weapon X? <laughs> yeah, so I... There is a lot of weird stuff on there, but... Will you send me a link to that website? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, anyways, so it doesn't work. Cass and Dean go back into their house. I was happy to see that Dean actually got a little bit nervous after Cass lit the ring on fire. Right. Because, you know, Dean, he's always just his chip on the shoulder. Nothing scares well, me. Well, I think he's always been nervous about this. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is he just doesn't he like to ever let it show. <laughs> right. And it was kind of nice to finally see that wall break down a little bit and like, oh, look, Dean right. is normal human. Look, I think he's also becoming more comfortable with Cass. Their relationship is becoming stronger. Yes. Especially after this night of male bonding. Right. Each time they, <laughs> each time we see Cass and Dean, each episode is just getting more and more. They're developing more of a right. bond. Yeah. Um, and that's probably why Dean feels so comfortable being an asshole to him, because that's how he is with everybody. That's true. That's how we know he loves Sam. <laughs> yeah. It's his uh, terms of endearment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't think he's ever doing it to intentionally be an asshole. That's just his... There's a couple of things. Well, I'm sure. Yeah. It's not every but, time. Right. But... Um, but yeah, no, I, I think he was legit... Dean when he's being mean to Cass. Well, I know, but you have a obsession with Cass. I just want to, um, I don't think I'm unreasonable. No, no, no. I think with this though, he's legit scared of having to yes. face an archangel because yes. it killed Cass already. Well, so. that's true. And this is the specific one that killed Cass. That's so. also true. You know, which is kind of scary. <laughs> Plus now that they're bonding, this is like his friend. and It's just yucky. Anyway, so they get back to their house yes. and they're walking in and the lights go out, and we see Donnie, the mechanic, now standing in the middle of their living room-ish. And he's got these really cool electric, like, like lightning bolt, like, wings. And they're, like, encompassing, like, the whole doorway where he's standing. And it is fucking beautiful. It's kind of like the Terminator moment, because he's, like, hunched over, and he's, like, slowly uncurling himself. Right. You know, with all the electricity going around him. Yeah, it's a lot prettier than that, though. Wait, it's not Arnold, naked Arnold coming out of a ball. No, so it's not. But it's just that I just I, I just like the fact that all of the electricity, while it's zapping around and crinkling and making all the noises, it still looks like angels' wings. Right. Exactly. It's a great just, imagery. Yeah. It's it's a beautiful shot. Plus, the guy who plays Raphael Donnie, that's His that's just a pretty man. I'm sorry, but voice it is. is amazing. Yeah. yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah. When he spoke, I was all, whew. <laughs> that is a nice angel voice right there. Hell yeah. So Dean is acting very unimpressed with the angel. And he's being like really, he's being Dean. Yeah. You know, like how he is with b big bad things. Big bad <laughs> I like that. That's very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and Raphael says that he's being nice by not smoting Cass right then and there. Dean says it's because he's scared because God will just bring him back again. So, are you on the God thing now, Dean? Right, all of a sudden we're on the bandwagon. <laughs> then Dean introduces himself. <laughs> Raphael already knows who he is. By the way, hi, I'm Dean. 
And thanks to Castiel, now he knows where he is. Right. Cass doesn't believe that Raphael would dare kill Dean, and Raphael won't, but he is going to bring him to Michael. And Dean is, like, sauntering over to a cooler, just acting all cool and casual. Getting himself a beer. And he says that he's not going to be going anywhere with Raphael. And he has his back to Raphael, just totally disrespecting him, not giving him any, like, ounce of fear or anything. But we get to see a shot of his face looking over, you know, his shoulder at Raphael while Raphael's speaking. And Raphael's like, do you remember the stomach cancer Zachariah gave you? I'm way more creative and imaginative. And we just see Dean's face face just just kind of fall. And he he is fucking scared as shit right now. But he, you know, he's got to play it up. Yeah. And this is also just when I got so kind of, like, because you have Raphael, who is the coolest angel we've seen so far. Um, and it's just the same shit. Oh, well, you thought that was torture. I'm going to torture you worse. I'm like, really? That's the best we can do, angels? Right. Is we'll be just like the demons? Like, Yeah, eh. we're just going to torture people? Like Isn't you, that was, what hell's for? Right. And I was just hoping that the archangels would be a little different. But. Right. Speaking of which, before we move on, do you think Bobby is not walking because of Zachariah saying that Bobby will never walk again? You know what? I hadn't even caught on to that. Because I always wondered that because while they're in that lock, you know, lock room. Um, the green room? No, no, no. Oh. The, where they thought the Michael sword was going to be. Oh, okay. And Zachariah breaks Sam's legs and he takes his lungs out. He's giving Dean the right. stomach cancer. Right. But the very first thing he says is if you don't say yes, Bobby will never walk again. And Sam and Dean's like, no, whatever. And then he's like, okay, well, how about this? And he breaks Sam's right. legs. But then Cash shows up, defeats those two angels, tells Zachariah to fix everything. Everything's fine. But does so does Zachariah not fix Bobby because well, Cass doesn't know about it, or was it not? Well, because I don't think Zachariah injured Bobby. I think is the thing. I think Zachariah was offering to do a favor oh, as so opposed to fix, to fix Bobby? something, right? Okay, as okay. opposed to like, hey, I'm going to break this and then I'll only fix it if you right. do it. I think it was more. I think that was actually more a. a goodwill gesture than anything which was kind of weird right okay that makes sense because i was like so was that one of zachariah's things that just never got fixed because bobby just didn't happen to be in the room with him when right Cass right him, yeah or well no was it the other way around where he was already not gonna walk yeah in i think it was that he was already not okay. gonna walk again so <clears throat> um so anyway Raphael um threatens dean and dean's like you know whatever bro brushing it off and Raphael is approaching Dean uh, and we see Dean kind of sideways glance over at Cass and I was like okay they had a plan they had a something's plan. happening and Dean tells Raphael he didn't think of one thing and he's like what's that and Cass lights the holy oil ring that Raphael is now standing in the middle of Raphael is just glaring at Dean, and Dean says, hey, don't look at me. This is his idea. It just throws Cass under <laughs> and the, the bus. the look that Cass gives Dean. <laughs> He's not happy. So Cass wants to know where God is. Raphael tells him that God is dead. Dean and Cass look at each other kind of in disbelief, like, I don't know about this. It cuts back to White's bar. Tim has showed back. It's close, you know... Uh, Sam is closing it up again. 
Tim walks in. He's bloody and hurt. Uh, Sam Sam's asking if he's all right and where Reggie and Steve are. And Tim says that Steve was killed, had his guts ripped out by a demon. They got jumped, basically, ambushed. Um, and that the demons told them some really crazy things about Sam. And Sam's saying that the demons lie. And Tim's like, yeah, I don't know. It's, this, I don't think this was a lie. And he wants to know the truth. At this moment, Reggie comes in with Lindsay in tow. And he's got a knife to her throat. Um, then we cut back to Cass and Dean. And we hear that Raphael actually doesn't really know that God is dead. But he's giving the argument that Leanna hates so much. And he says, do you remember the 20th century? Think the 21st is going to be any better? You think God would have let any of this happen if he were alive? And Dean says, oh yeah? Well, then who invented the Chinese basket trick? What is the Chinese basket trick? If you don't know what the basket trick is, it is a sex position, position where the woman is positioned in a sex swing and the man is on the floor and the woman proceeds to spin rather than do the typical <laughs> oh sex <my> motion. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> That's not possible. <laughs> that is not possible. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I mean That's what they get say a sex it is. swing. Okay. Try it out. <laughs> so uh Raphael doesn't appreciate the way Dean is talking about his father. And Dean points out that they started the apocalypse. Raphael says it's because their father disappeared with no instruction on how to run a world. And then this is my favorite Dean line. He says, so daddy ran away and disappeared? He didn't happen to work for the post office, did he? (laughs) (laughs) And I love the look he gives Cass. Because Cass looks at him like, really? And And he's like, ah, ah. I did that for you. At least Cass got it. Exactly. And I I love the look that Dean gives him because it's like, I did that for you. You got got a joke. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a good one. (laughs) Um, Raphael says, this is funny to you. You're living in a godless universe. And what you and the other kids just decided to throw an apocalypse while he was gone? Raphael says, we're tired. We just want it to be over. We just want paradise. This whole time that he's talking, Cass just does not look happy. Like, he's just like, holy shit, how could they do this? Right. And Dean says, so what? God dies and makes you the boss and you decide you can do whatever you want? Yes. And whatever we want, we get. Back at Hoyt's, Sam is asking Reggie to put the knife down and they'll talk. Uh, Which Reggie does. I was surprised. But I guess, you know. He's a hunter. As a hunter, they're not going to yeah. kill a human. So. Well, that, and he doesn't really need a knife to harm her. Right. I exactly. think it was more what was being said there. Right. So t- Sam tells them that everything the demon says so is true. Why would the demons tell the hunters that Sam can kill demons? Why wouldn't they just kill the hunters? Right. I thought that was weird. Maybe they knew what these hunters were going to do to try to get Sam back on the board for well yeah what he's supposed to be doing right i guess that's true it just seems i mean i don't don't know i guess it does kind of seem like something demons would do now that i think about it i mean that's the only thing i can think of because it's like here is a weapon that can literally kill us now by walking down the street right why would they say that 
unless they had a reason behind it, which well, the only right. thing I can think of is to try and get the Sam reason back that on they board. want right. <laughs> drinking blood for. Um. So Sam tells him that it's all true, but Tim wants him to hear wants to hear Sam say it specifically. So Sam says he started the apocalypse. Back with Cass and Dean, Cass wants to know if God is dead, who brought him back? Raphael says he thinks it's Lucifer. And he says, think about it. He needs all the rebellious angels he can find right now. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) But that's just stupid. (laughs) Like, an angel cannot raise another angel. All of the angels could barely raise Dean out of hell. Like, it's ridiculous to go, oh, well, Lucifer could bring Cass back from the dead. It's like, no. You guys sat there and talked. You told Dean that as soon as they heard that the first seal was being broken, every single angel rained down upon hell to get Dean out. And look at how long it took you guys. (laughs) Like, it's not that easy. Right. And so it's stupid for them to think that Lucifer did it. I think... They're only thinking that because they don't, I mean, that's, they don't want to believe that their father did that and is just letting the world be right. the way it is. I know. And I get that. But it's like, at the same time, Jesus Christ, you're angels. They're stupid. <laughs> they make me very angry. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> so Cass doesn't like that idea. He doesn't believe it. Um, and he starts to leave. Raphael tells him not to leave him there. He's going to find him. And then Cass says, maybe one day. But today, you're my little bitch. And I just went, what? (laughs) When I was watching this, I was like, dang, Cass. Yeah. You just told an archangel, the one who killed you, that that he's he's your your little little bitch. bitch. (laughs) He's going to fucking find you. And shit is not going to be good. But that's awesome. And then Dean. <laughs> what he said. Looks at him. Yeah. What he said. <laughs> and then just does that like, uh, like the looking around. Right. Just kind of shrugs and walks <laughs> off. He does not look as confident as Cass. No. Back at Hoyt's bar, Tim pulls out a vial of demon blood. And Sam's like, awful. what's that? And he's like, oh, you know what this is. We want you, basically Tim wants him to drink the blood, hulk out, and then go kill all the demons that killed their friend. Or Lindsay's going to die. Sam's obviously like, no, get that away from me. You know, I'm not going to do this. Not at all. Then Reggie attacks Sam. They kind of scrap a little bit on the floor, but then Reggie gets a hold of Sam while Tim pours the blood down his throat and they hold his mouth shut. That It's just so horrible. Like... They're terrible people. I was pretty shocked that de- that that hunters were doing that to another hunter. Right. Like, that was just... Yeah, I was very un- uncomfortable. Well, apparently, having your best friend killed changes you. Yeah, I'm sure it does. You know what else changes you? The fact that every other hunter has all probably also had their best friend killed, and their family members killed, and their fathers and mothers and sisters killed. And I don't give a shit, Tim. <laughs> what you're doing <laughs> is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just wrong. It is. And you, yeah. Those are some shady hunters. That's all I've got to say. Oh, most hunters we've met that aren't the Winchesters are shady as fuck. Well, not most of them. Most of the guy ones. Like, Rufus is literally the only one who hasn't been a dick. Well, and Bobby. Well, but I'm not <laughs> counting Bobby because he's a main character. 
Well, he wasn't, though. We did meet him at one point. But, yeah. Um, and even Rufus was a dick in the beginning. Yeah. But, I mean, like... Um, the only one that we've met that I would name? not... That I would say is a total Gordon? evil person is Gordon. Yeah. Right. He Other was than a dick. Him. And then these three were assholes. Right. But, I mean, it's just... You don't see that a lot in Hunters. Because we've met a lot of Hunters that aren't like that. <laughs> Who else have we met besides um, Ellen and Joe and Rufus? Ellen and Joe and Rufus. And then there was the one that they met when um, they were hunting the... What was he? It was the hunter who had found the guy but didn't kill him because he was a kid and let him go. And then followed him around. That guy was a dick. No, he wasn't. He was just confused. But he was a good, decent person. The old guy who yeah. was going to kill the wife and the... Yes. Yeah. That guy was a dick. No, he wasn't. <laughs> yes, he was. That's, no. That's totally different. He was not, like... No. That's totally different. Okay. So, um, after they pour blood into Sam's mouth, he becomes significantly stronger and, and, and is able to take both of them. And he actually almost kills Tim. He's got him pinned up against the bar with a knife at his throat but Lindsay is there watching him so he eventually lets him go and tells them to get out and he doesn't and they they say to tim says to sam you know we're gonna be back and sam's like don't expect me to be here no they say don't expect or expect us to come back and he says i'll still be here no he says don't expect me to not be here no that's not what he says you have it backwards hey he says don't expect me to not be here Right. He says, I'll be here. Okay. I have to... I heard... it. The way I heard it, I guess, was that don't expect me to be here. But I guess he does say, don't expect me to not be here? No, he just says, you know, we'll be back. And he says, I'll be here. Okay. I'll look it up after because I'm pretty sure the line is, don't expect me to not be here. It's like a double negative. Right. Confusing me. Right. (laughs) Because that's not the line. So, um... Then we go back to Cass and Dean. They're in the Impala. They're having an Impala talk. Dean is telling Cass that he knows a little bit, some, a little something about missing fathers, and that when he was looking for his dad, all logic would point to him being dead. But Dean knew in his heart that that wasn't true, and he wants to know what Cass thinks about God. And Cass says he's pretty sure he's still out there, and Dean's like, "Good, then go look for him." And Cass asks, Dean, you know, what about you? And he says that he's good. And Cass says, even without your brother? And Dean says, especially without my brother. I mean, I spent so much time worrying about the son of a bitch. I mean, I've had more fun with you in the past 24 hours than I've had with Sam in years. And you're not that much fun. It's funny, you know, I've been so chained to my family. But now that I'm alone, hell, I'm happy. And Cass is just gone. And Cass is gone. I do, I liked this part a lot because Dean does offer encouragement to Cass and, you know, he's like, I do know something about absent fathers and tells him, you know, if you do want to find your father, go find him. Right. And talks about how he has spent time searching for his dad when all logic said that his dad was dead, Um, but he still went looking for him. And so I was very happy at this point that Dean was finally saying to Cass. Helping, you you know, encouraging Cass. Exactly. And um, I don't think Dean is fine, and I don't think he's happy, 
that no. Sam's gone. Um, and I, I was kind of impressed that Cass even kind of caught on to that. Um, but I do believe that Dean is feeling a lot of relief with Sam being gone. Um, it's just, it's a little easier for him, even if he's not very happy for Sam to be gone. Things are a lot simpler. Well, he's not worried. Like he told Sam, you know, he's not having to worry about him while he's on a hunt. Right. You know, he can focus on the actual hunt. Um, And I do believe that he had fun with Cass. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But there's not, I mean, he's going to have fun with Cass more than he would have fun with his brother, regardless of the situation. Right. Because the brothers have so much tension already. And especially with what's just going down, there's right. even more tension. Right. And then, you know, he gets, him and Cass are having this, like, blossoming relationship. And especially the fun that they were going to have. Yeah. <laughs> was right up Dean's alley, so. Which is something he would never have been able to drag Sam into. Absolutely not. Right. So, yes. Obviously, you're going to have more fun with Cass. Right. I so just I think that part was true, but, yeah, I don't, for one second, believe that he's happy. I but I just had a fun weekend. <laughs> but I do think he's better. I guess that's what I'm saying. Right. Is that he's he's better off that Sam's not there, and he, like I said, is feeling a lot of relief. But I don't think right, that absolutely. He's, I agree with you. I think he's mistaken when he says that he's happy. Yeah, it's not the right feeling. Right. <laughs> um. So Sam is dreaming about Jessica again, and she's asking him that if this is his life now with his head buried in the sand. And he tells her that he loves and misses her, but she's wrong. He knows he can change and he knows that there's a reason for hope. And she's telling him that there's not and that, you know, this is his life. And he's, he wants to know how she knows. And, um, we see Jessica change into Nick and he tells Sam, it's because you raised me, which obviously startles Sam, and he jumps yeah. up out of bed, and Lucifer tells him that he's a really hard human to find and would like to know if he would tell him where he is now. Which, of course, Sam refuses. Right. Um, Sam wants to know what Lucifer wants, and Lucifer wants to give him a gift, but Sam doesn't want anything from Lucifer. And Lucifer's telling him that Nick was an improvis- improvisation, just a plan B. That Nick can barely contain Lucifer without spontaneously combusting. Sam wants to know what he's talking about, and Lucifer tells him that he that Sam was in the chapel for a reason. He's the one. He is Lucifer's vessel. He is his true vessel. Sam is not okay with this, and realize and but realizes that Lucifer needs consent, and he says as much. And Lucifer says, "Of course." I'm an angel. And I just love how he does that and he like crosses his arms. Right. Mark Pellegrino is so awesome. He is. Lucifer. He is. Sam tells him that he'd kill himself before saying yes. And Lucifer says that I'll just bring you back. And I just love this whole scene between uh, Jared and Mark because yeah. of how Mark is portraying Lucifer. Just so nonchalant and like, ah, you know, I got you. But like, this is really important, but I'm acting like it's not that big of a deal. Um, Lucifer says, Sam, my heart breaks for you. The weight on your shoulders, what you've done, what you still have to do. It's more than anyone can bear. There is some other way, but there isn't. I will never lie to you. I will never trick you, but you will say yes to me. Sam says, you're wrong. He says, I'm not. I think I know you better than you know yourself. Sam asks, why me? And he says, because it had to be you, Sam. It always had to be you. And then he disappears. 
that scene was really scary to me. Um, I don't know why. It was just very creepy, and I didn't like it. <laughs> it's really scary to hear Lucifer is telling Sam you that you're going you're... to say yes to me. Well, that he's... Like, with such conviction. Like, he has no doubt in his mind that well, he will not be his vessel. Well, and also, it was just that even finding out that you are Lucifer's vessel, that's pretty... Right, and to right think there. your brother is Michael's vessel exactly. and you're Lucifer's vessel. So the two of you are essentially going to be battling one another. The two of you are supposed to be destined to fight right. the, like, end of the world apocalypse. Right. Like, you're not um, there to just stop it or be a part of it. You, right. you are, are the fucking apocalypse. Right, exactly. And you're versus each other. So one of you is going to die. Right. Yeah, or both of you. I don't know. I, I I was very upset the first time I saw that scene and we heard that Sam is Lucifer's vessel. Um, and like you said, Mark just does a great job of portraying Lucifer. So good. Um, yeah, because he just does, like you said, the very nonchalant, but with like a lot of conviction um, and with any any lack of doubt. Like he has absolutely no doubt that he's going to get what he wants. Right. And um, I also like how easily he starts giving Sam a lot of empathy. Like, I can only imagine how hard this is for you, Sam, the weight you have to bury. I wouldn't, I don't envy you. And like, that's like, that manipulation coming up again. Offering somebody empathy is like the easiest way to gain their trust. It's crazy. And so, of course, that's the first thing he starts doing. And I think Sam's the type of person who would respond to that. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, the whole scene was very creepy. And, well, I mean, I liked it, but I didn't like it. <laughs> that That's my favorite <laughs> scene in the episode. Yeah. Um, again, we get a really big piece of information. Right. Um, which is always nice. But Mark Pellegrino just does such amazing work that yeah. any most of the time that he's on the screen it's gonna be my favorite scene yeah because i like <laughs> i just like how he portrays lucifer i think he, he does, does it so well especially once he like really gets into the skin he, yeah he makes it his own yeah like this i think is the first time we've seen him where he's really because before it's been like nick talking to lucifer right right so now this is really lucifer in the skin of him and it's and it just gets better. It does. <laughs> it does. And he is phenomenal. That was just so such an amazing good. piece of casting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then it ends. That's the end. It's awful. And um, I cried. Yeah. Colin Lawrence, who played the hunter Reggie, also played uh, Jason in Faith, season one. Which one's Jason? I don't know. Oh. The black guy who played Reggie, the hunter, who had the knife to right. Lindsay's throat. He played Jason, whoever that is. I can't remember. It was too long ago. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oh, this is what I want to talk about. Okay. Lindsay. There is a deleted scene no. of them having sex. What? Yes, there's Seriously? a sex scene in the episode between Sam and Lindsay. And a fragment of it actually aired in the promo. Really? Yeah, when it came out huh. for the next episode. So they do have sex, but then it got deleted. But it got cut out. Yeah. How funny. But I guess it's in, you could still get it on deleted on deleted scenes, scenes on the DVD. I'd like to see how that initiated. <laughs> guess she was pushy enough, or Sam was really just like, this needs a fucking Oh, I'm stop. done, right? Oh, fine. <laughs> Sam just puts out. The actress who played Chastity, um, she played Lust 
in The Magnificent Seven. <gasps> oh, okay. I knew she looked familiar. Uh, favorite song, Simple Man, obviously. Obviously. Uh, my favorite moment was that last one um, with Lucifer. Mine is the brothel. Brothel. So good. Yeah, I just, I could, I was like, I should pick something not cast, but I'm like, I can't. That one's just. Yeah, my favorite lines are the one that Dean says about the post office uh, dad, and then Cass is like, I've never had an occasion, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I like, um, Cass, I need your help because you are the only one who will help me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and it's angels and demons, probably. They're skirmishing all over the globe. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of really good cast lines in this episode. There is. A lot. Um, Body count is one in this one. One death. Uh, the hunter. What was the one who had his guts spewed all over the... Yeah. So, a couple of pretty good episodes. Yeah. The next two are really good, too. Yeah. Maybe we should take a look at time management on our podcast. (laughs) All right. Well, nothing else? Nope. That's all I've got. Okay, guys. If you aren't there, please go check out the website, thewaywardfans.com. You can see all of our podcasts there. You can contact us there. Or you can just send us an email directly, um, waywardfans at gmail.com. Let us know thoughts, feelings, concerns. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Just let us just say hi. Thank you. And come visit us on Twitter at waywardfans underscore SPN. You can follow us there and you'll see updates of all of our episodes. Uh, and you can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash waywardfans. Also, you will see updates of all of our episodes there. So. If you listen to us on iTunes, please rate and review it if you want. But definitely rate. Get us those stars to get us higher. Yeah. (laughs) more stars we have, the more people see. So, Yeah, then maybe we can get interviews. One of these days. Bye. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk at you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.